Hey there. You got a bunch of leads, but too swamped to make heads or tails out of them? When it comes to sealing the deal, you just throw out a number and hope for the best? Well, it's time to change that too. Welcome to the Million Dollar Pipeline Challenge, tailor-made for the home services and remodeling pros just like you. We're cutting through the clutter, showing you how to chat with your customers and nail your pitches and boost those conversions. No more guesswork, just solid strategies to grow your business. Tune in to transform your approach and let's build that million dollar pipeline together. Text the word money to 844-949-1984. That's the word money to 844-949-1984 to begin your million dollar pipeline challenge today. Welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. Welcome, Brad. I want to welcome you back to Blue Collar BS, where we're talking about all things related to we can't find good people. And today we have a special guest, Josh Clymer. He's the owner of Aqua Traction Advanced Marine Flooring out of uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota. So I'm super stoked because he's a longtime friend of mine. Welcome to the show, Josh. You, you have friends, Steve? You have friends? I did, you know, it's especially, amazing. Some especially days, longtime friends. Some days they show up out of the woodwork. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't say much when he's just friends with me, so... You know. Oh, come on, Josh. Let's let's be honest. You've got an awesome thing going. I read the bio. I read the things in front uh, of what you've been able to do with some generational activity. I guess just give us a little bit about your business, you know, what's going on in your world. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the owner of Aquatraction Advanced Marine Flooring, and we're actually based out of St. Cloud. We just bought a new building that's a little bit to the north because we've had to expand our, our capacity and operations. So we're pretty excited in the month of November that we'll be moving in to our new location, you know, if you go all the way back to the history of Aquatraction, which, you know, it was only six years ago, but it seems like it was many, many years ago. A lot of companies say that they started from the ground level up. We literally did. We started in a horse barn with a dirt floor. And then from there, we slowly progressed our way up. And I actually, I don't say slowly, we quickly progressed our way up. We've taken on some very large competition out in our market and we've succeeded. I mean, we've stuck to our core competencies of good customer service, highest quality that's that's out there. And I've had the ability um, to surround myself with people way smarter than I am. Excellent, excellent people, um, including some of the younger generation we're going to talk about that are really the, the leaders of my company right at this moment. That's spectacular. Um, so when you say flooring, is that literally the flooring of the boats? Is that what we're talking about here? Yeah. So we we are involved with marine flooring. You know, in, in like the states that you guys are from, from Wisconsin and, and Michigan, it's not as big of a deal because a lot of the traditional boats that are manufactured in Michigan that you'll see on Lake St. Clair, Wisconsin or Minnesota, they have carpeting in there. The problem okay. with carpeting is that once you get out the salt water, that salt water will just rip that stuff apart. And so a lot of those boats that are built along the East Coast, down into the Florida Gulf Coast areas, those all come with just a hard fiberglass floor. And so we've created an alternative product that it's a closed cell high density material that adheres directly over the top of that non-skid fiberglass floor. Number one makes your boat look really cool, but it adds a lot of comfort, a lot of durability. And it's completely stain resistant. You know, with that being said, one of the things that we've really had our eyes opened up to, and I will completely credit this back to some of the, the younger guys that I've 
you know, brought on that help us as, as full service dealers is that we have established a very large market that we didn't even know existed here in the state of Minnesota. Um, and we're pretty excited about, you know, some of the opportunities and some of the markets that we're going to be going after where it's, it's kind of nice because we don't really have any competition at this moment. So it, it should be fun. So we'll just keep that a secret to, to the few hundred people that listen to this show at this point in time. It'll just be our little, it'll just be our little secret that you have no competition. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. So in our conversations, Josh, you talked about how your business, and you've just mentioned it, how your business, you've actually leveraged the younger generations and they're actually helping your business thrive. Do you mind elaborating a little bit more of what specifically have you guys been doing to leverage that younger generation? Before you, before you answer that question, Josh, I guess um, this, this becomes a self-identification question. Which, okay. genera- which generation are you part of? Are you part of the, the millennial crowd? Are you part of the X crowd? Where do you fall in? So I would be part of the Gen X crowd. That's what Steve says too, but he really isn't. He behaves like a little, he doesn't behave that way. <laughs> yeah, we've okay. had this. No, uh, Steve and I, Steve and I actually graduated together. So we would be at that, at that same generational level. So, okay. and, and, yeah, and- verification. Well, <laughs> well, generational level, maybe not maturity. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> and, I, and I do have to say, and I'm, I'm just going to hit this in there for about 20 seconds here. So the one thing that does keep all the generations together, so Steve and I both went to school, it was a town called Duran, and it's a very, very small, close-knit community, but all of our generations are all tied together by one simple thing, and it's the Duran Dirties. And I just want to state about the Duran Dirties, that <laughs> I had to go back and look at the history of this today, and so we had a gentleman who grew up in Duran, his name was Harry Mahoney, and Harry Mahoney was the very first man who created a outdoor adult triple X drive-in movie theater. And then he took that, he was a visionary because he took that and drove that to be the owner and operator of all the deja vus across the country. So he was, he's kind of like, uh, you know, pretty, pretty big deal that come out of Duran. So, yeah. <laughs> but, but whether it's my parents or my sister, who would be the, the next generation or the generations above us, we're all, we're all tied together by being a Duran dirty. So we'll always have that name. <laughs> that is, that is a spectacular story. <laughs> yeah. Things you keep a lid on and then they open right up. <laughs> and I'm sure that Brad won't use that in the future against you, Steve. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> You've already listened to a few shows. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> All right. So, so you've, you self-identified as an X. It appears that you have many of those X tendencies, unlike uh, your friend, Mr. Stephen Doyle. So backing back to Steve's question, you know, leveraging those younger talents of the millennials and Gen Z's that you may have in your organization. Talk us through that story. Talk us through why you elected to go down that path versus those that are like you. I've spent a lot of time trying to understand my shortfalls and becoming a better leader. And, you know, the, the ultimate answer all the way comes back to not only being disciplined, um, extremely disciplined in, in everything that you do on a daily basis. And, and, you know, that filters into being a good mentor for the people that are working for you. Um, but also taking 
accountability for everything that falls within my organization, whether it's, you know, it, it's easy to be tapped on the back and being told that you're doing a good job. And those are easy things to take the accountability for. You got to take accountability for the bad things as well. And so if you're one of these people that's sitting back, that's my age, you know, in the mid forties owns a company and complaining about the younger generation. I mean, maybe you should stop and take a look at yourself in the mirror and understand what is it that you're Amen, brother. What, Amen, what it, brother. Hell yeah. Hell to <laughs> I mean, the what, yeah, right there. What, what is it that you're doing wrong? What is it that you're doing? I mean, I take it as a complete offense that if I hire somebody and I have to fire them, I screwed up in that whole entire interviewing process. And that's my fault. I didn't, I didn't understand, you know, the shortfalls of the person or why they weren't going to fit into my organization properly. And then I hired them and I wasted my time and I wasted their time. And then you got to go through that uncomfortable experience of firing people and making them feel bad. And that's, that's my fault. And it's not that generation, you know, and so it's my, my responsibility to make sure that I'm hiring the correct people. And then from there, being a good mentor for those people, which means coming to work and showing that you're going to bust your butt, being, keeping your emotions under control and working through problems. And, and I think the biggest thing is reflecting back, you know, I look at some of these guys that are working for me that are 22 years old. And I'm not going to lie. Some days I get frustrated. They screw something up and they cost <laughs> me money and whatnot. But then I look back and I think, God, you know, when I was 22 years old, I mean, I was a disaster. And, and these guys aren't. They're, they're way above what I was from a maturity level, from a responsibility level. And they come in here and bust their butt. I, I couldn't be happier with, um, with the guys that are in, in the generation that we're talking about here. That is spectacular. I wish I could give you an award or a participation medal, but that's not really what we're here for. Because <laughs> uh, you're, you're in a minority, Josh, from that thought process of, of taking that responsibility, particularly um, on that younger side of, of X. Um, that is not a normal position for many, many leaders. Um, so kudos to you for recognizing that and, and building yourself a strong organization. So what are the things that frustrate you of those young guys when you see them coming to work, participating with your clients or talking to your customers? What are the things that frustrate you about those individuals? Well, and, and I think that, you know, and, and I can certainly answer that question. I will go back and continue to hit on the same point. The things that I'm going to mention will be the same exact qualities and traits that I had when I was that age as well. You know, I, I do question, is it really a generational issue or is it a fact that everybody needs to learn and mature and you know the the simple matter if you're not growing you're dying we should all become better on a daily basis and if you're if you're continuously improving and continuously becoming better why would you be upset at, at a person or, or be frustrated or put down right. a whole entire generation you know I, I think that if i were to identify one specific thing that would be the most frustrating would definitely be thin skin it's easy to offend things can be taken very offensive and then i think that especially with myself you know, with text messages, I, if somebody sends me a text message, typically I've got a phone call I'm picking up and I'm sending the email. And so I may just respond back with a simple yes or no. I had people literally get offended by me sending a yes answer because I didn't elaborate or show too much emotion or feelings into that text message. And so that, that I would say would be probably the most frustrating. Is Did you add a smiley face emoji after the yes? Apparently sometimes I need to put that in there and then people <laughs> feel a little bit better about themselves sometimes. <laughs> but, but I go back and say, you know, I mean, they're, they're thin skin, but how many 
real thick skinned people are there that, that are 20 years old or 25 years old that right. haven't experienced, you know, dealing with upset people or frustrated customers or employees that, that are, you know, fighting with each other. How many people have really had the opportunity to, to go through and, and experience that and, and become good at it? understand, you know, to, to be able to control your emotions and become good at dealing with those type of conflicts. Right. So, and, and, and that's where it comes back to me. That's my job. That's, that's my job is to mentor and, and teach those, those people that work for me, how to properly do it and not get all pissy about it. And... <laughs> On the flip side of that question, what okay. is the one trait that you find, I would say more admirable with the younger generation. Visionary and, and ambition. They come in and I'm not going to say, I worked in the corporate world for a long time. I'm not going to try to put that down because I, I had a lot of great opportunities that came from the fact that I was able to work and, and learn from a lot of different people, learn what to do and, and more so what not to do. But I, I take that <laughs> as a, uh, as a good opportunity. I think that a lot of times um, kids come out of college and they take that job into the corporate world and get smushed and they've got these big visions and these you know big aspirations and I think that they got they get hung up into that that corporate world and the frustration that comes along with that the people that come and work for me I want them to succeed and I tell them right off the bat if you succeed with or without me I don't care but if you walk out of here and you start up your own company and you go on to be a multi-billionaire because of that I feel like I've done my job at that point and I'm, I'm super happy. And so um, I think that we excel in, and I think that that's the thing that I think is the coolest is that these guys are coming in and they've got these big visions and, and let's help support them and get there. Kudos again um, to support that aspiration. I know when I was in my corporate world, my mission was to, you know, let them let, teach and educate and support so that they can be the best person they can be. And if the organization isn't able to support them in their growth path, if they go on to somewhere else and be better. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. If you get a parent that's sick and you got to move back home or your spouse gets relocated or whatever, develop good humans at the end of the day and um, build the pool to be larger and bigger and better. And we'll all be better in the end. I agree. Those are good points, Brad. Kudos for you for taking that approach. And what's your retention like with your individuals, your younger guys? At this point, we've had just because of an unusual circumstance um, with a person who lived overseas and, and had to leave the country um, to go back overseas for some things. Um, other than that circumstance, then uh, every single employee that we've hired has actually been here. And, you know, one of the things that that I've done that's really been successful. I know that we were gonna, you know, go into this topic, but I'll just kind of jump ahead a little bit into it. The one thing that we've done that's been really successful for us is that I'm I'm constantly hitting up the local colleges and I'm pulling kids that are sophomores and juniors and, and pulling them in as interns, you know, from there starting the mentoring process immediately, a win-win on both sides. Um, first off, I don't have to pay them, you know, I'm going after the engineering programs, I don't have to pay them a uh, engineering wage at that point, using me to um, get the experience to create some funding for themselves to to help them out. But with the with the interns, we're I'm able to actually it's like a a year long to two year long interviewing process where you know I can cut ties at any given moment, and no harm no follow at that point. And so far, every single intern that we have brought on, we have hired on full time and are still with me to this day. And the two guys that 
ultimately um, lead, you know, I've got my operations manager, I got my engineering manager, and both of those guys are, I'm going to guess, under the age of 25 that were started out as college interns with me. Wow. That's, that's unheard of. Wow. That's you awesome. are, you are sitting in an amazing spot, Josh. Congratulations to you. You should be celebrating this every day you, you leave your building and, and celebrating those wins that okay. you, you, you've been no, able seriously. to do that. Yeah, that is not, that is not typical. And sometimes when you're stuck in your own world, you don't have, you're, you got your own blinders on. You're like, Oh, this is just how everybody else does it. No, not everybody else is doing it like that. Josh, yeah. you yeah. are doing it very different. You're actually going out and fishing for your own talent which most people don't have the courage or they say, I don't have time to do that to go find the people that are out there. There's a lot of really good talented young individuals in the marketplace. They just need to know, they just need to know the path and and show them that path and kudos for you for being able to show them what success looks like for them in your business. Yeah. Yep. No, and I, and I do appreciate that. And I mean, that's where it comes back to putting that accountability back onto your shoulders is you know, I can sit around like the rest of people that are my general, and I hear it all the time and I just kind of brush it off and whatever, but I, I hear it all the time of, oh, you know, those generations they are lazy and they don't want to do this and they want to do that. And it's just simply not true. And furthermore, it's my responsibility then to get out. And like you said, try to make this world, you know, a better place. And this is the one opportunity that I have to be able to do that. And if, if it's something that I can go out and mentor these guys and help them become better, coach them into what I want them to be or how I feel like they're going to add the most value to my organization so we can all be successful. I mean, it, it only makes sense. Yeah. And I think that was a key point that you just, you just hit on is you're taking the responsibility to mentor and coach these guys, mm-hmm. to coach, to coach your employees. And that is one thing time and time again, I've seen with various business owners, various leaders in those businesses where they're not taking that, they don't view it as their responsibility. Yep. Yeah. Key yep. point right there is that you're taking that responsibility to coach and mentor them. And and I think that the other um, key point of that, so I pointed out that I've got two guys that we've really set up as the two leaders of my, my organization at this point that are younger. And the really cool thing about those guys are that they, they both bust their ass. They both work very hard. And so they set that example. And so now I'm really just, taking the leash off from them and allowing them to manage and do the things that they need to do. And they set that good example for everybody else that comes on. So everybody just assumes that's, that's what you're supposed, when you come here, you're supposed to be productive and, and work hard and not sit on PlayStation and look at Instagram and <laughs> whatever, whatever else. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You're the one that just sitting in the office, then kick back, feed well, up. That's what my job is. My, my <laughs> job is to, because then I got to try to understand what this younger generation is doing. So then I got to sit around and look at Instagram and YouTube videos and, and you know, try to try to keep myself up with the times. <laughs> What's this tablet thing they keep talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Oh man, that's awesome. How are you finding with your suppliers or with your, your customers, if most of your staff is to the younger side? Side, how are you finding the interactions there as those individuals are talking upstream within those generations and maybe talking to some older folks and different things? How, how's that going for you? So, and, and, and that is a interesting topic because that's why I brought it up. <laughs> I'm sure it was interesting. <laughs> My dealer. So I have, I have 28 
authorized dealers throughout the country that are spread from the East Coast out to California and across Gulf Coast and, and Florida. And so I, I heavily focus into the fishing industry. That's the industry that I know best. And that's the industry that I know that we excel in. And that's the industry that I've got the most, that I originally had the most connections in, was able to um, bring on people that have a very good background in the marine industry. Now, one of the things that you will learn about fishing captains in the marine industry, a lot of them have a little bit of an ego, just a little bit. Just a little. Sometimes they they don't like to be told what to do by an engineering manager who's 22 years old. And so it, it is an interesting dynamic and it does create some conflict. It, it creates some animosity here and there. It just goes back to, it's just another opportunity for my employees to continue to get better and become you know thicker skinned and deal with these conflicts and be the, the bigger person of not getting all emotional about not yelling at each other and just sitting down having logical conversations with these guys and, and trying to get it resolved. And I'm really proud of the job that my staff has done because they, they put up with some shit some days, you know, they, that they, do, they do job and they do a good job. Not, not perfect. Not perfect. <laughs> no, nobody's ever perfect. <laughs> so when you have those conflicts or you get that dealer or that captain that calls back after they've had the conversation with your 22, 25 year old engineering team and they have an issue and they know you and they can get to you because it's a small company. They can get to you. They can get to your phone. They can get to your desk. What are you doing with that customer or that that captain or dealer owner to support your team, I guess? Are you drawing them back in so they can get that conversation experience? Or are you handling the problem for your team? Well, and, and typically what the conflict would come down to, and you guys would appreciate this because we were talking about our background a little bit prior to the call. And so we've all got manufacturing lean type background. And so I, I certainly understand the value of taking, you know, knowledge and, and documenting that knowledge, creating full standards, having everybody operate under very specific standards. And so there is a lot of technology that goes into what we do. So you've got, you got dealers that are spread throughout the country and they've got to digitally scan boats and create these electronic patterns. And then they're sending them in to us through a work order form and then I've got my engineers that are taking those electronic files and going through and manipulating them and putting together all the final design work and then send them back over an approval drawing to the customer. And we've spent years developing very specifically what those standards are. And you guys know with standards, there's always opportunity to continuously improve <laughs> on those standards. And so, totally. And so, and so typically what it's going to come down to is I've got a, a dealer that's, you know, been out there for four or five years doing something a, a very specific way. And we identify that there's a better way to do it, or, or there's a better way for all of us to get onto the same page due to, you know, a mistake that's happening or some sort of error that's happening. So we change the standard. And so when we change that standard, my dealer, or my, I'm sorry, my employees know that they need to enforce that. And that's typically when the conflicts are going to start is they're going to call up and, you know, say, there's a bunch of crap. I've been doing it this way for the last four years or five years. I'm sure you guys have heard that before in the manufacturing. Uh, never. Field. It's the way we've always done it. Why would we change it? Yeah. And, and then, you know, I've got a, I've got a 22 year old engineering manager that's saying, this is the way that you're going to do it. And sometimes, um, you know, they use that to come back and say, I'm not going to have some 22 year old telling me what to do. So <laughs> we, we all work through it at the end of the day. At the end of the day, we all hug and, and move on in the same direction. <laughs> 
Sometimes it's the only way you can do it. So Josh, it's been extremely awesome having a conversation with you about how you have leveraged the younger generation, those Gen Zs, potentially maybe some millennials in your organization. Just thrilled with all the, the knowledge that you've dumped on us with how you're thriving hiring that, that younger generation. So in our conversation today, what are like two to three takeaways that you could impart on some of those baby boomer, older Gen Xs in their business to help them thrive with the younger generation? To help them. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that last part, Steve. To help them thrive. So how can we help those boomers, those older Gen Xs thrive in their businesses? The ones that aren't going to listen to the show. You bet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, did I say that out loud? I alienated them again. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, and and I'll I'll say it over and over again. I mean, it it comes really back to the accountability portion. You know, you, as, as somebody who's a leader of a company, I need to know who's going to fit into my company um, and who's going to add that value. And it's my responsibility through the interviewing process to make sure that I'm identifying the right individuals. Cause I don't, I don't know very many people that get kicks off from firing people. If you do, I think you got some mental issues, but it's not a fun experience for anybody. And so it's not something that, that any of us want to have to partake in. So if you do it right the first time or up front, you don't have to worry about it. Um, I really do believe that, you know, the, the one singular thing that we do is um, I don't sit around and shoot Craigslist ads and Indeed ads. I, I mean, I've tried it. It doesn't seem to work that well. But if I go to the colleges, um, I work with the professors, you know, there are certain skill sets that I, that I have. I mean, there's not many, but I do have, you know, specific skill sets such as inventory control. And so I will go and offer up to teach some of these classes, you know, a 20 minute segment on the practical use of inventory control and setting up a Kanban system and, you know, stuff like that and give them some practical knowledge. And that just, and I'm not charging them for that. I just go and do it. And that gives me that opportunity to meet with the professors, to meet with the students. And then from there, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not there out of the, I'm, I'm there out of the kindness of my heart in the same sense to recruit. And that's why I'm there doing that. Yeah, and it, and it works. And nobody else does it, to my knowledge, at least not in this area. So get involved, make yourself visible, show show the path forward to, to be accessible. Right. In, in that, pro- it, it works. Because that's actually what, when I was in corporate America, when we needed employees, that's what we did. We sponsored design projects. We would go be at those universities be at those colleges, work with the students hand in hand. So we got to interview, just like you've said, Josh, work with them hand in hand so that you can actually see who's going to work well in your, in your organization. Right. And, and Steve, I was uh, listening to some of your guys' old podcasts and, and you had mentioned that when you were younger, you did a tour through Metal Fab, which in Flint, which I had that same opportunity. My dad worked at Metal Fab yeah. and I, I went through and, and did that same tour. And I was thinking that was actually a really cool experience. And unfortunately, um, you know, and I, I hate to throw an excuse out there. Unfortunately, I think that the problem today would come into the liability portion of things, of allowing d- the general public to come through and tour your mm-hmm. facility. But when you brought that up, it did get my head spin a little bit that when we do open up our new building, um, as we recruit, I'm going to talk to my insurance companies to find out what kind of liabilities I'm going to have on that. But I, I'm going to actually follow that same model and open it up and bring people in and let them see what we're doing and you know, maybe it'll spark the interest of some good candidates as well. That's awesome. 
Yeah, we did that after our remodel at Busaris and the additions that we added, but it was very, very specific when we did our tours. When I bring in suppliers or we'd have school tours, it was very specific on the yellow lines. You know, people doors are for people, overhead doors are for others, the safety glasses, the PPE. It wasn't too bad. It's, but you got to set your standard for your tours as you have for your other processes and make sure that they're adhered to. And there's repercussions when somebody says, oh yeah, just go over there and take a look or touch things that you shouldn't be touching because you don't know, right? Right. Uh, That could, that metal part could be sharp. It could be hot. It could be whatever. You don't know. Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic, Josh. Josh, I just want to thank you again. It's part of Blue Collar BS. Thanks for joining the show. Thanks for sharing your knowledge on how you're leveraging the younger generation in your business. So thank you for taking the time out today. Yeah, no, and, and thanks for having me on, guys. And and I do appreciate what you guys are accomplishing here and what you're you're targeting because there is this perception out there, and and it's just you know it, it's a very uh, closed-minded perception. And the other thing is, I mean, I was listening to this guy on social media here this morning, and he was going on a rant about why he doesn't like the older generation or the younger generations and and on and on. And when I was listening to him, I was thinking, you know, you could take the word millennial out of this and interject any race in there. And this guy would be perceived as the biggest racist bigot in the world. And, and it was, it's almost frustrating to listen to this stuff because it's just such generalizations that just simply aren't fair and aren't true. And so I I appreciate the fact that you guys are identifying this and and going after this topic. Yeah. So, by the same token, please, by all means, go celebrate, celebrate your success, recognize how successful you are compared to your peers in not just your own industry, but in the blue collar space in general, you are doing something that many can't and have not been able to do. So celebrate that when you go home tonight, have that fish fry, do whatever, just enjoy your dinner. Um, but how, how can people get a hold of you, Josh, if they uh, have a boat or like doing things or want to be on the water or how do they get a hold of you? How do they find your business? You bet. So you can go to www.aquatraction.com is our website. And then apparently we do have a Facebook page and apparently we do have an Instagram page running as well. <laughs> <laughs> Can't tell you where they are, but they exist. Yep. yep. They're, they're out there someplace. So somebody's putting pictures up in them somewhere. So <laughs> well, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Brad, for another awesome episode of Blue Collar BS. And until next time, you guys all have a good one. All right. right. Thanks. Thank you. Mr. Doyle, that was spectacular. Uh, Josh is an amazing individual. I don't know how he is your friend. (laughs) but Sometimes I wonder myself how I get that. He's an awesome guy. Uh, What are your takeaways? I mean, two of my takeaways is how he is actually taking responsibility. He's taking responsibility, not just for the business, but he's taking responsibility for the individuals themselves and that he believes he's the one that is responsible to mentor and coach them in his business. So it, and it keeps circling. I agree. Resonating factor. It's about responsibility and not, sh- not, not deferring it, not saying, well, fuck it. I'm here to um, provide them an opportunity and they're supposed to take care of themselves. They're just supposed to know. They're just supposed to know what to do. Right. So he's actually just, taking that responsibility and say, no, it's my responsibility. And, and I can't applaud that enough. Right. The other thing that, that I thought was interesting about how he's not only just coaching them, but he's also helping the millennials develop a thicker skin. 
And we know that that's been a conversation point with multiple clients that we have and, and the conversations we have in, the, in, in our spheres is that the younger generation, they just have too thin of a skin and they can't take things. So I, I thought that was, you know, I was really appreciative that he said that he helps them and gives them opportunities to develop their skills over right. time. Yeah, I, that was one of the things I had written down as well was the thin skin piece to it, the recognition of that. Um, the part that I really enjoyed understanding is he has created a culture and has passed that culture down to the younger generations of come in, do your thing. Let's make it happen. You know, bring oh. in the ambition, support them for their long-term goals, show them. The, and we've talked about this before, show them the path, right? Get to the end game in short incremental chunks versus, well, in 40 years, you could, you could be in my shoes. And he's taking a different approach and he's out fishing for his own, his own talent, right? He's, right. he's, out he's not fishing. He's not waiting. He's not hoping. He exactly. said to himself, I'm not, can do the indeed can do the Craigslist. It, it's not going to work. And it doesn't mm-hmm. work. It doesn't work effectively. It may bring you short-term results, but long-term it's not effective. And he's a rock star. He is an absolute rock star in a pool of individuals that are sitting there blaming everybody else. We can't find good people whatever. Well, damn it. There is a way to find good people. Josh has a way that works for his business. And you got to take, you got to put the effort in. Yep. Absolutely. So I thought it was a great, great to meet him. It was fantastic to have him on the show. Uh, Looking forward to maybe bringing him and his team back on, which could be a very interesting conversation and dialogue. Uh, So Mr. Doyle, it's been awesome episode. And until we record again, we will see you soon. All right. Have a good one, man. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS, brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching, Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue-collar businesses strong for generations to come.